Chub Creek 100 uh, and 68. Way back when, when we didn't have to think, come on in, don't be a dick. The boys on the farm didn't mean any harm. On the banks of Chub Creek. Chub Creek. How are you? It's, uh, it's a beautiful day on Sunday. Um, <laughs> there's a pretty bird there. I don't know if you can hear Um just starting out on a portion of the, uh, what do you call it, Silver Creek, Silver Creek Trail, and I was, I'm a little pissed off because uh, I was on the way here, and I, uh, I see two amazing things, well, three, well, the first amazing thing was there's a farmer's market opened up right across from where, like, right across the road from where I, uh, live like I was turning right to get out of my parking lot and I look across the road and there's a farmer's market how cool is that so uh, I wanted to get out here so I'd, I didn't go and check it out but I'm gonna later which is cool but the other the thing that pissed me off though is uh, I'm halfway here and I see this massive gang of not gang but you know a bunch of bikes wasn't a biker gang, it was just a bunch of people riding together. I don't know, maybe 50 of them, and it just looked really cool, so I... Actually, that's not why I pulled over. I pulled over because uh, there was a... I thought there was a plane flying over me, and it turns out it was a, a biplane, but it was a model plane. It was just a bunch of model planes, and I thought that'd make a fun shot with the long lens I had. And so... I pull over to get a shot... And the goddamn battery's dead on my, my camera. I don't know what I did. I must have left it plugged in to the computer. Drains the battery. And so, you know, and then the, so I can't take a picture of those planes. And as I'm fussing with the camera, trying to make sure it's really out of batteries, the gang of bikes goes by. And it would have been such a neat shot. Anyway, I do have my little backup handheld and I've got my iPhone so I was gonna I was feeling so pissed about it I was gonna turn around and then wait for it to charge and come back out but I thought then it'll be half the day gone and I wanted to get out here so here I am um and I've got myself I just decided I'll stick close up to stuff with my little camera it's just I, I realized that that's a big driver for me coming out it's just the enjoyment of taking photos I uh, attempted to get out yesterday, and I say attempted because um, I was just really in a shit mood yesterday, and I couldn't put my finger on why. Here's a little beautiful froggy. If you can get a picture of him, um, and it was because I didn't. I know now it was because I didn't get enough sleep. Somehow I didn't get enough sleep, and I just felt gloomy and shitty all day. And I tried to get out just to to uh, kind of snap out of it and uh, I found this I had I, I, I just had bad luck I tried about four different trails that I'd never seen before and all of them had some kind of problem 
either they were not what I thought they were like one was just like basically a fun park for kids the other one was uh, I can't remember there was something wrong with three or four in a row and then I finally found a fourth or fifth one and I was just so gloomy that I walked about 15 feet and I thought screw this I didn't feel like it at all isn't that weird so today, and that took me just dragging my ass to get out of the house. For some reason, I just it just. So now my 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 advice to myself is: if you feel like that, turn around, go back to bed, and sleep, and then wake up. Because today I have a, had a great sleep, and I feel great, and I couldn't wait to get out of here. So uh, amazing difference. Anyway, I'm gonna take a picture of this frog, and then I'll talk to you again soon. One of my favorite things is uh, amazing sound of woodpeckers when they're out here. Oh, it's getting windy. Let me just put my wind uh, thing on here. Hang on. There we go. Check. Yeah, just sounds so cool how it echoes. Isn't that beautiful? That's a probably a pileated woodpecker or the, uh, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, or that ground woodpecker, I forget the name of it. Swiffer, is it? No, it's Swiffer. <laughs> Swiffer is the mop. Something like Swiffer. Somebody's made one of those uh, cool little piles of rocks. I don't know what they mean. It's a, I think it's a, an Aboriginal thing, a native, uh, what do you call that? A native Indian, native, na what do you call that? Aboriginal? Original Canadians thing? <laughs> Everything's alive. Everything is alive right now. The bugs are out, but I've got my deep woods off on, which uh, masks your own. I remember looking it up. It masks an, uh, a gas that you give off when you're when you're breathing or sweating or something. It masks that so they don't see you with the little little bastard noses. <sighs> see now I feel great. It's this. That's fun. This trail goes straight up before it continues flat, and it's just a good one because it's good when you go on a trail to get your heart rate going fast. Like, you know, I'm probably maybe 200 feet up now, uh, and now it's a flat plateau, and it just feels good. You feel energized. It feels good. So I bought the last on the way home just so that it wasn't a complete total loss. I went and bought a new seat for my very expensive exercise cycle, stationary cycle. This is the third seat I've bought, no, second seat I've bought for it. This is because the first one was like a little nasty bastard rock seat that just went right, you know, up your crack and hurts. 
And this one's got a little more cheek room, which is good. So I actually finally I'm comfortable on it, pretty comfortable on it. And I wasn't using it because it was so uncomfortable. And it's just really discouraging when you're trying to get some exercise. So I'm making myself do that every day. I've failed so far. I've done it every other day. Even to the point where I dragged it over to the couch because <laughs> I just had a big dinner. I thought, oh man, that was good, but I better exercise. I dragged the bike over, sat on the couch, lifted my legs up and pedaled from the couch. Which <laughs> was really comfortable, but uh, questionable how much exercise it was. Although I did it for a long time, so maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's any difference in how much exercise you get, but it feels like when you're sitting on it, it's more work. So, I don't know. Um, little kitty cat's doing well. I'm just looking at the time on this. I can't even see it. Oh, there it is. Um, like I said last week, it's taken me some time to feel less territorial about him. You know, I come home and I feel like I'm not alone and I'm used to being alone and it's a comforting thing to me. So psychologically, I must be messed up, but it's getting much better and I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And uh, I'd say he's a good, he's a good addition. He, uh, he was starting to bite a little too hard, <laughs> you know, so I'd kind of bonk him on the nose with my finger. And I think he's got the drift now not to bite too hard. He, now I'll put my whole face against his face and kind of go, rah, rah. And I'm not afraid of him biting me. <clears throat> um, and I've finally put the little hood on the kitty litter so he can go in and there's a, like a whole completely enclosed unit. So he goes in with this little transparent doorway and uh, does his thing and there's a charcoal filter and he doesn't make a mess everywhere dragging it uh, the little bits of stuff out so that's cool I haven't named him yet nobody sent me any names I don't think send me your name suggestions to uh, feedback at chubcreek.com or put them in the comments the latest name that I think I kind of like is whiskey. Either that or scotch. What do you think? Or I could uh, maybe think of some of those regions where the scotch is, uh, is distilled, which all elude me right now. Um, it's hard. I don't know why. I, I, I name things for a living. <laughs> Though I'm in marketing. And I have, I'm, I'm having a hard time committing to a name. Uh, he's a little jerk. Call, we should call him that. It's fun photographing him, though. Anyway, I'll pause for a while. And think of something more interesting. I was doing a little... Uh, I'm having a go at Audio Boo again. And I kind of thought I'd just keep it separate, but I'm, I'm unable to not say stuff, so... I'll just say it now. If, you, if you're curious on the date, I don't do it daily. I just, uh, I got a new mic for it that sounds great, so, uh, for my phone, so I'm, uh, I have no followers at all, and that's kind of pointless, so. Um, it's good for a little five or ten, and it'll let you do up to ten minutes now, so my little audio booth things are more like five or six minutes, which is a little handier. 
to not have to monitor. Um, but I would, the last one, I mentioned it because uh, on the one that I did last, I was talking about content. And, and uh, I don't know, I think it's the Scarborough dude that has me thinking. Because, as I said on, on AudioBoo, I've, I've gotten this to the point where it's, you know, low maintenance and I enjoy doing it. Most of the fun for me is just recording the audio of, of wherever I am. Like right now, it's so beautiful and I love capturing it. And I love, like, I hope you're listening to this in stereo and you're with your headphones on because it's just so all enveloping, you know? Um, but I, I love that about, that's what I love about this, really. That's the, that's the reason I do it because I love capturing beautiful sounds and you know I'm just kind of talking because it gives me a reason to record and something to do with it so but then when I got talking to Ken from Dixon Janes about it he's great he's, he's, he's similar to me because he there's a little chippy that little bird sound was a chipmunk see if I had my long lens I could get him but uh, my little camera I can't really won't really bother He's like me in that he can, he's good at giving unvarnished feedback. And I do that at, at work. And it's a good thing. It's a skill because you got to be afraid of, not afraid of hurting people's feelings uh, with the goal of achieving a better product. And, you know, I, I, I'm pretty thick calluses when it comes to criticism because of my work. But this work is different. This isn't my work. This is different different audience different venue different thing and so I'm maybe more sensitive to feedback than I thought because his feedback basically was that now he wasn't saying it I was inferring so my, my inference from our conversation was you're not talking about anything and uh, that's uh, really valid and it's true there's a little hairy woodpecker Let's see if he makes or is it affiliated? No, it's a hairy. It's too small and he's got white bits. Let's see if he makes a noise. And so, you know, it kind of made me feel like, all right, well, if people are taking the time to listen, maybe get to talk about something other than your navel. And it's true. So I do have something to talk about that I've never, it's rather personal, but. Not to, um, I don't think it's embarrassingly personal. It's just that I've never spoken of it before. And uh, maybe I'll get into that in a bit. He's not going to do it. Talk to you in a bit. Oh. Plane, just as soon as they start recording. Jerk. I just started recording because it was so pretty here. Just a little bit of uh, echoey bird song and a babbling creek. Can't get better than that. Except for the plane. I was just thinking about smoking. That's not what I was going to talk about, but um, it just reminded me of it because what, what reminded me of it was walking and feeling how well I can breathe. Um, when I'm exerting myself and uh, um, that is f- kind of fascinating because 
luckily, hopefully, if all goes well, um, I've avoided the pitfalls of smoking. Knock on wood, there's lots of wood around here, so let me just do that. I'm not superstitious, but don't want to attempt fate. I think that's just a robin. Um, so about five, even six years ago, I guess, I don't even know. It's a long time now. I quit smoking completely, cold turkey, whatever that means. I should look that up. Actually, there are several explanations of the phrase's origin. One, a narrowing of the meaning suddenly or ouch. Kitty cat, stop it. It's clawing my hand. A narrowing of the meaning suddenly or without preparation from cold turkey being a dish that requires little preparation originally used for heroin addicts. Two, from the American phrase talk turkey, meaning to speak bluntly with little preparation. Three, some believe the derivation is from the comparison of a cold turkey carcass and the state of a withdrawing addict, most notably the cold sweats, goosebumps. Four, reference to the periods after Christmas and Thanksgiving holidays where cold leftover turkey was likely to be eaten, coinciding with the end of those holidays' characteristically high alcohol consumption. And, uh... Uh, I quit because, um, well, I've been wanting to... I, I only had started again because when I moved to Ontario from Alberta, it was a very stressful time. And uh, well, I know in my history, whenever I get uh, to a point where I just can't take it anymore, whatever that stress is, I reach for a cigarette. And uh, that's what I did when I moved here. And, uh, you know, it started me smoking. And uh, I guess I smoked for three or four years. And... It was getting to a point where um, I couldn't really breathe well at night. And I'd wake up kind of feeling like I was having an asthma attack. And what a nasty thing, you know. And, and there's nothing good about it other than the little pleasure you get when you're actually puffing away. And the little bit of comfort that you get, like a little bit of comfort you get. Um, which makes it so hard to quit, because when you quit, you think, oh my God, I've lost a friend. Um, but as I learned a few times now over the years, I've quit. This was the biggest, I've, you know, this is my most successful. Um, that's an illusion that goes away within a few weeks. The, the, the need for a friend part of smoking, or the comfort part, whatever that is. Um, but since then, I... Hadn't, still wouldn't be able to breathe well. And it, and even in the last year, I found myself <clears throat> like that, clearing my throat too much. And uh, I felt a little worried about it. Um, but over the last year, it's finally pretty much gone back to the way my lungs used to be. I can inhale all the way and they feel unconstructed. What do you call that? Unblocked in any way, and they, I feel good uh, breathing. I can get a satisfying. That was the other thing. You can't when you're smoking. You can't get a really good satisfying uh, inhale. You know when you're taking a deep breath and you get that great feeling of all that oxygen. When you smoke, you just lose some of that, and it's so nice just to have that again. <laughs> and when you're exerting yourself, you really count on that lung capacity. So I feel great having that. I feel I'm really, really lucky I'm to be as healthy as I am, really. But, uh, that's a funny noise. 
thought I heard like a trumpety sound. Yeah, that one. What's that? Wish I knew, eh? That's a pretty one. There's two of them. One on my left, one on my right. So, let me just check my thing here. So I've been recording for about 20 minutes. So let's take a break and listen to some of the really cool uh, independent music I found. I'm, I'm really in, into this site called Gemendo uh, because it's so full of content. I was worried for a while because there was no clear instruction on podcasts, but in a Q&A on the site, somebody answered that question directly and... Uh, so I'm able to use Gemendo's content as long as it's licensed with Creative Commons, which you can check. And as long as I re-release the same, like everything I do, can has to have the same uh, Creative Commons license, which all Chub Creek is pretty open. Uh, you're welcome to do anything non-commercial you want with it. Not that you would. Like if you want to snip out Ed and Ethel skits and use them, you could. I don't care. Um, and yeah, so we're going to listen to something. I don't know what it is, but uh, I've found a lot of really cool lounge stuff, so maybe we'll do some of that. Back in a bit.
Standing on a little boardwalk overlooking a stagnant pond. I didn't realize it was a still stagnant pond when I was here last time. Last time I was here, this is where I was talked. I talked to you about uh, <clears throat> my dad's guitar. This is where I was standing. I remember. Funny how you remember what you're talking about. Different places you're at when you do this. <clears throat> so I've just completed a maybe four or five kilometer. Uh, section of this and I've done a little side thing which rejoins where I came from so I don't have to trace back my exact step which is kind of nice oh, feels good getting a good workout today um, it's pretty hot it's about 25 degrees or something like that uh, not, not it gets hotter for sure and I've only had to use my water just now, so. <clears throat> um, so what I was going to talk about was something that's been troubling. Troubling. Something I've been dealing with uh, since I was a little kid. Maybe first, first, my first memory of it was being in grade three, where I noticed uh, I was sitting on the floor. And uh, I think Mrs. McNeil's class or something. And uh, there was something itching on my head. And so I was picking and scratching at it. It was like, if you ever had kids, you'll remember cradle cap. And it was like that. But uh, 
like a, like a thick skin, a scab. And I was, remember picking it off and being worried that I was picking at something on my head. And what I didn't know and what I'd learn later, and it actually didn't get to, to be too much of a problem until I was about just in the middle of middle school. Or in, you know, and it was psoriasis. And it started to appear on my, under my watch. You know where you wear your watch? It, uh, I guess the metal was causing a reaction with my skin and uh, it was making a lesion appear right under my watch. And, you know, in grade five or six or seven, that's when I started feeling self-conscious about it. And uh, pretty much didn't cause much trouble until my 20s when it just kind of exploded for some reason psoriasis started to appear look it up online it's it's hideous to look at but it's just just a, it's your skin growing too fast so it is and it causes buildups of red scaly patches and it started to happen all over my arms all over my body my face my scalp and the only the only things that uh, the doctors could do for you is uh, put you under a tanning light, uh, which sort of sometimes works, but it's um, a lot of time going there, and every so often you go back, and it's just a lot of your time for something that doesn't always work very well, or this really stinky tar-based medication. And so, as I go into my 20s and my 30s, what happens to you is you... Uh, you know, you, first of all, you shed a lot of skin, which is horrible to everybody around you. And you um, stop wearing long sleeves. You never go swimming. Because what happens is people go, what happened to your arm? And it's, it looks like a burn or something. And so you get sensitive to it. And it got really severe in the... By the way, this isn't a poor me story. This is the first step in me uh, not hiding it, which is what you tend to do. You don't want to explain it. You just want to hide it. And I, of course, obviously... Sorry, I'm going up a hill here. I'm obviously, I've never talked about it. Uh, it got so severe that uh, even... Sleeping was difficult because it tends to build up so much that when your skin flexes, instead of flexing, it cracks. So if you ever had dry hands or your your skin cracks, it's like that. But for me, it was all over my back, all over my sides, my legs, and my arms. And I would be at work one day and someone would tell me, you're bleeding. You know, I'd be bleeding from, I couldn't even feel it. I'd be bleeding from somewhere through my shirt. And uh, it was incredibly painful to sleep on. You couldn't sleep on your side, for some example. Uh, and it came and went. You know, sometimes it was okay. Something I could deal with it. Sometimes it was just terrible, terrible pain. And, and uh, I wouldn't put my worst enemy through it. It's honestly real, it's torture. Uh, it really is torture. In so many ways, physically, psychologically, 
uh, and it kind of pushes you inside yourself. And it's been a problem for me, you know, as long as I can remember and getting worse. And, and, and it's one reason I'm single. It just really punishes those around you. You know, you're just an alligator. You, nobody wants to be around an alligator. Anyway, so I've been every now and then I would visit a doctor or a dermatologist and basically learn that nothing has come along that's, you know, because I've been hoping something would come along that would fix it up. And nothing ever did. And uh, until recently. Uh, it's ironic too because being in the sun really does help but when you're I don't know maybe it's a personality thing but when you're like me and you're trying to hide it you're not in the sun you're hiding from it you got long sleeves on or you're inside because it's too hot when you're outside with long sleeves so you end up kind of just being in this weird really punishing circumstance and I know it's it's very common and you probably know people with this condition but you probably don't know they have it or you do and you kind of think, oh, what's that on their face or their scalp? And, you know, you don't want to bring it up. But what you don't realize is it's probably affecting them in far more areas of their body. They're just hiding it, which was my case. Anyway, so what happened to me is when I was having this uh, worry about my heart and I finally got a family doctor sometime last year or whenever it was, she kind of did a, a once-over, and she said, you know, and I'm 45 years old, she said, what are you doing about your uh, psoriasis? And I said, well, yeah, I've done everything. I've tried everything, and nothing ever really, it becomes too much of a battle. I can't go to a tanning booth every day. I need, I've, I've let the thing win, <laughs> is what I said, really. And she said to me, well, have you tried, and I'll, I forget the name of it, but it was a combination of some new, new name of a new medicine. And I said, no, I haven't heard of that one. And remember, I hadn't been to the doctor of any kind in about a decade. Uh, but I hadn't heard of this thing. I have been looking online, and every once in a while, I even have a Google alert, including the keywords breakthrough and psoriasis and all kinds of things. But, um, um, Another thing that before I finish that story, what, what I had been doing was pursuing my own little theories, and one of them was about vitamin D, since the only thing that ever worked on my scalp was this vitamin D derivative called Dovinax, which is something called an activated vitamin D. So I thought, well, why don't I just take some vitamin D? Because being in the sun makes your skin develop vitamin D. That's how you get vitamin D. The sun makes your skin makes it in the sun. And I heard that from several sources that when you're in the sun, your skin makes about 20,000 units of it in 20 minutes. And the government regulations on vitamin D is about 400 units a day. So I started taking vitamin D. And don't, don't uh, do this, by the way. See your doctor. I'm just going to tell you what I did. So I started taking drip drop forms of vitamin D to the tune of about 6,000 units a day for the last two or three years. And what that did is reduce the severity of it. 
so much that I no longer had cracking and bleeding skin and I could sleep. Um, but visually it was still, you know, I still had red patches everywhere and it didn't, didn't make it go away, but it reduced the severity by a huge amount so that it wasn't painful anymore. And I've been going through that for the last couple of years and I've been pretty happy. And it's one reason I started Chub Creek again. Um, cause it was just getting so bad that I was having trouble staying in good spirits, you know? And so this doctor, anyway, to finish the story, she said, there's this, this new ointment. Have you tried it? And I said, no. It was essentially Dovinex, which I just mentioned, with an added steroid, which does something about inflammation. And I started, uh, so she prescribed it to me. I went to the pharmacist, and it's, with my work, it's free. And uh, I have to get quite a lot of it, so it's like every prescription is four tubes of this stuff. Because I have a large area, right? Well, it completely cured my scalp, my face, my upper body, and my arms. And that's because that's the only place I really decided to devote. Because I didn't want to cover my whole body in this stuff. So I'd use it up. So for the first time in my life which it isn't true because it just isn't it, it isn't the first time in my life but it feels like the first time in my life I'm walking around in t-shirts not wondering who's going to ask me what happened to your arm what happened to your to your neck what happened to your scalp and it's life changing Life-changing and, and remarkable and and I can't tell anybody about it because I haven't told anyone anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is so ironic. I'm I'm celebrating it inside and. Uh, And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to continue and I'm going to see how it affects the rest of my body and even seems to have somehow lightened up the severity everywhere else it's afflicting me too. Um, so the moral of that story is, I guess, uh, don't give up, right? Don't give up. Talk to you in a bit. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it's a big whiny, feel sorry for yourself story, isn't it? But, uh, I've earned it. I've earned that one. Yeah. And, uh, You know, another thing it does is it stops you from being able to do things like uh, go to gym, the gym. Sorry. That's not good. 
Hi again. Hi. It stops you from doing things like go to the gym. Um, just participate in <laughs> outdoor work things during the summer. Like, it's amazing how restricted you are when you get so paranoid about exposing your skin. So anyways, that's, uh, that's just something I feel like I can share now because I feel like I've got a light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's impossible to share something like that when, uh, you know, when there's no hope. And, uh, it's funny, the guy back there said, how are you doing or whatever? And I don't know if you could hear, <laughs> he just kind of goes, <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so that's one reason I have, until now, <clears throat> uh, I hadn't been going out and exploring the world, or the, the countryside, because of that. And it just, cre- you know, it creates, you, you create your own prison. My condo was becoming a prison. And, uh. A couple of years ago, when I started it up again, started Chub Creek uh, up again, um, it was because I had said, screw it, I'm going out anyway. And so even, uh, you know, so I put on a t-shirt and uh, went for a hike and just said, you know, hell with it. I don't care if someone asks me about my arms. Um, maybe that's an age thing. So I've already been feeling a little bit freer. But now, it's uh, just kind of like a miracle. Just feeling normal. Isn't it amazing how feeling normal is something everybody seems to want? And no one does. Nobody feels normal. But uh, it sure puts it in perspective. When you've got a severe problem. Uh, Anyone, I blame myself. You've got to tough it out. You've got to you know, really be brave uh, through things like that. You know, and I wish I was braver. I wish I didn't burn up the last 10 years hiding in my condo. I, I can't believe I want those years back, you know, with or without this new medicine. Because uh, once I finally decided to hell with it, I'm, I'm going out. <laughs> it, just, it just freed me. But I'm still, it's still very, I still have never worn short sleeves to work. There's something psychological I have to get over um, on that one. Isn't that funny? Like, it's so burned in now that I'm, I'm having to wean myself into just being normal. So anyway, that's, how's that for personal? But I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not embarrassed by it. I, I, uh. It's taken a lot of years of feeling embarrassed about this thing that isn't my fault to feel finally that it actually isn't, you know? It's something... It's because it's it's just something I've been going through for so long that it's like all the way back to childhood feeling this... kind of feeling of shame about it. So if you're going through this or something similar... You know, I don't know that I have any advice other than to, to encourage you to be brave because it ain't easy.
I almost twisted my ankle back there. I'm worried one day when I'm out here, I'm going to fall over something and twist the hell out of my ankle and be miles from the roads. So this is particularly bad because this is a part of the uh, Niagara Escarpment that's filled with little rocks. So the path in a lot of cases is just half sub- half buried rock, uh, like almost like cobblestones, and uh, very ankle twisty. So, and f- it's almost 40 minutes of recording, I should probably shut up. Um, hey, get in touch with me, uh, I really like that, and, um... I know it's difficult, but just know that I appreciate it if you have the time. And I hope you're looking after yourself, staying active, eating well, laughing. <laughs> I am not laughing enough. You gotta laugh more. My friend Gary laughs all the time. I envy that. He finds everything funny. So laugh a little bit. I know I'm not helping, especially during this one, but uh, find something funny. And then tell me what it is.